Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, working to prepare the next generation of teachers, counselors, and educational leaders through online graduate degrees and hybrid doctoral programs. Details at education.olemiss.edu. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, May 1st. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, learn more about the future impact of Toyota's expansion in North Mississippi. This plant expansion is tremendously significant because what it says is now after announcement, operations, startup, ongoing production of over a million cars, we're giving you the endorsement and support of another allocation of vehicles, 30 to 35,000 vehicles in the system. It, uh, it says, hey, job well done, you've earned this. Then, could your salad still be contaminated following the nationwide E. coli outbreak? And after StoryCorps, advice for allergy sufferers in an unpredictable spring season. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. plant in northeast Mississippi is expanding. The additional $170 million investment by Toyota Mississippi will expand production in Blue Springs just outside Tupelo. The company will add 400 new jobs over the next 12 months. David Rumbarger is CEO of the Tupelo-based Community Development Foundation. He tells MPB's Mark Rigsby about Toyota's long-term impact on the North Mississippi economy. Obviously, we've, it's been an anticipated uh, uh, expansion for a long time. Uh, this is the, the, about their seventh year of production. You know, we had a little delay after we announced in 2007. They finally got started after the recession in 2010 and 11, and we just passed our millionth car in November. And so, this is great news for the region. What will the plant now expand? What is it going to be doing that's new? Well, they're moving from 150,000 units at this plant to over 180,000 units. Uh, they're also going to put in all the uh, the trimmings to be able to produce the new generation Corolla. It expands the uh, ability of this plant to potentially continue to expand in the future because of this new equipment and uh, the new design uh, of the line itself to be able to produce 180,000 units. What kind of an overall economic impact does the Toyota plant have in Lee County in the Tupelo area? Well, it's really raised uh, the level of expertise among all of our manufacturers because they set a high benchmark for their manufacturing uh, between automated manufacturing, uh, specialty logistics, uh, plant parts, and other part suppliers moving into the area. Uh, the plant alone has got around 2,000, 2,200 people that are either contractors or directly working for Toyota. And then there's another 2,000 people working in the manufacturing sector supporting the plant. So it, it's got a tremendous economic impact, well over um, 150 to 200 million dollars in payroll annually. That's really incredible. It really is, and that's just in seven short years. And so, we've gone to study Georgetown and Princeton, Indiana, and other places where Toyota plants have been, and it just raises the the standard of living in the communities like New Albany, Pontotoc, and Tupelo, and in the region. And 94 percent of the workers come from Mississippi, so we have very few transfer workers coming in from Alabama. And Tennessee, so it's really been a boon for the area. Talk about some of those spin-off businesses and jobs that it's created. It's been interesting. Uh, some of those are existing manufacturers that produce parts that were able to get a contract from Toyota. Uh, industries that either bend metal or make make screws and fasteners, or actually do paint coating and things like that. 
And then others have been companies that have moved in, like Toyota Auto Body, operating as auto parts manufacturing of Mississippi, Boshuku, uh, Diversity View Tech, um, um, New Albany Metals, and several others that have moved in. Uh, they've adopted Mississippi names, but they're international companies that have branch operations here in the Tupelo, Lee County, and Pontotoc Union area. Do you know anything about the tax incentives that were given by the state to Toyota to make this expansion? Initially, uh, Toyota officials, uh, when we went in the negotiation in 2007, and I made the first call in New York City in 2006, um, it is a major impact project. And at that time, it was a billion dollars of investment in 2007. So that triggered major impact authority um, structure, which allows a, a fee in lieu of taxes during a memorandum of understanding. And so they pay um, property taxes one-third of what they typically owe during the first 10 years. And, of course, in another two years, we'll be coming out of that 10-year cycle uh, from startup, and they'll be paying full millage, both school and property taxes, on the remaining amount that has not been um, the new amount that's just announced. So, uh, But the good thing about that is they called a couple of weeks before the announcement in 2007 and asked what would they have paid if they paid uh, school taxes under the MOU. And uh, we calculated it to be about $6.5 million. So they actually gifted $5 million per year to the CREATE Foundation for a permanent $50 million endowment that they'll be able to use to all eight school systems within Tupelo, uh, Union, Pontotoc, and Lee counties. And that money is being uh, uh, managed by CREATE Foundation. There's actually a committee that actually puts that money to work. This year we're starting career coaches for the eighth grade in high school. So that money's going back into the community, although they were exempted from it. They ended up standing up and, and putting $5 million into account. They've got uh, eight installments. They're going to make another installment this May, and uh, that's just going to be an a endowment that will continue to pay dividends way beyond uh, this year and next year all the way into the future. Do you ever get any criticism An evening for of jazz. the way that large companies like Toyota are treated compared to, let's say, the mom and props or the companies that have been in the area for, for several decades when it comes to giving those those uh, tax specials? Well, it's interesting you'd ask that because obviously our Chamber of Commerce is made up of 80% of mom and pop or single proprietor operations and I hear that a lot, especially the, the few months in, after the Toyota announcement. But then Toyota started contracting for lunch meetings. They started contracting for uh, transportation around in the area. They started uh, filling up the hotels. They started buying local goods and tools and industrial equipment. And I don't hear that quite as much as I did the first few months because people are actually experiencing the ben uh, trickle benefit of having a plant that's worth a billion dollars in your backyard and employing 2,200 people. So... A lot of times that comes from people that uh, may not be any, have an opportunity to contract with the plant, but those that have had a service, they've really strived to be able to purchase locally, both minority and uh, small businesses. So we've seen both of those areas impacted positively in the last seven or eight years during production. How significant is this plant expansion, and what do you see as the future of Toyota there in Lee County? This plant expansion is tremendously significant because what it says is now after announcement, operations, 
startup ongoing production of over a million cars, we're giving you the endorsement and support of another allocation of vehicles, 30 to 35,000 vehicles in the system. It, uh, it says, hey, job well done, you've earned this. David Rumbarger is president and CEO of the Community Development Foundation in Tupelo. Thanks for being on the program. We do appreciate your time. It's my pleasure. Always enjoy listening to you. In other news, doctors and health professionals are advising Mississippians to avoid eating romaine lettuce. MPB's Ashley Norwood reports on an ongoing E. coli outbreak. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is investigating a multi-state outbreak of E. coli linked to romaine lettuce produced in Yuma, Arizona. The warning has been placed on chopped romaine, whole heads and hearts of romaine, as well as prepackaged salads or mixed salads containing romaine. So far, one case has been reported in Mississippi. Brittany Bame is with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. We're at 98 cases across 22 states, and about half of those people have been hospitalized. Um, Ten of these people have developed a type of kidney failure called hemolytic uremic syndrome, so this is appearing to be a very serious outbreak. Dr. Bhageshri Navalkili with the University of Mississippi Medical Center says symptoms include vomiting, bloody diarrhea, abdominal pain, and sometimes fever. She says some can recover in a week with rest and fluids. Others may be a little more at risk. Few individuals who have weak immune system, like children uh, less than five-year-old or elderly, like more than 65 years, or anybody who has other issues with their immune system might have prolonged symptoms, and they might go on to develop complications. More information on the ongoing outbreak is available at cdc.gov. Ashley Norwood, MPB News. Coming up after StoryCorps, advice for allergy sufferers in an unpredictable spring season. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is Ophira Eisenberg, host of NPR's Ask Me Another. Do you have an extra car that you wash more than most people go to the dentist? Well, save some time and some water and donate it to us. Think about it. Rather than it sitting there taking up space, your extra car could be making public radio. And when you donate it here, you may also qualify for a tax deduction. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Harold Caver was a Marine sniper during World War II, but when he stopped by the StoryCorps mobile tour in Mississippi, he had more than battle on his mind. He also talked about the chance he had to rub shoulders with a bona fide star. We had gathered as a battalion. Our colonel said, I have an announcement, men. I have just had a directive from RKO Studios. That's an old movie studio in Hollywood. They are making a movie, and they want possibly as many as 80 Marines to demonstrate a landing, and we would like to know if I can get at least 80 of you to volunteer. I think every man's hand in the battalion went up. Well, he said, that's exactly what I expected of you, and uh, 
I was one of the few selected to go to uh, Hollywood, and this movie was John Wayne, Anthony Quinn, and a lovely little lady named Beulah Bondi. Back to Bataan was the name of the movie, and it was really enjoyable to me. One day, maybe we were waiting for the light to get better, whatever. I was just sort of walking around. I heard this voice, hey, son. I knew it was John Wayne. I hadn't met him up until that time. I looked and said, yes, sir. He said, do not serve me. Okay. Do you play bridge, son? I said, yes, I do. We need a an extra over here. We have three and we need someone to, every day, well, possibly not every day, but most of the time we were there shooting that movie. If something wasn't going on of interest and John Wayne and group was sitting around, he'd send someone to get me, find me, and, and so I spent a good number of days playing bridge with John Wayne, which was quite an experience. I learned to respect that man a great deal. No comment about Anthony Quinn. I did respect John Wayne a great deal. What was he like in person? Well, he was genuine. It's probably the most descriptive word. He was genuine. I learned very quickly if he said something to you, that was the way it was going to be. I remember answering the first question he asked me, which I don't remember the question, but I said, yes, sir. And he said, don't call me sir. I said, okay, Mr. Wayne, don't call me Mr. Wayne. I'm Duke. Okay, Duke. So from then on, it was Duke Wayne. Quite a remarkable man. At the, uh, at the end of the Okinawa campaign, someone had uh, somehow found a John Wayne movie and built the screen and we were sitting, I was sitting on my helmet watching this John Wayne movie and all at once the screen was just shot full of holes. Well, I, in about 30 seconds, I had dug down probably almost two feet, but realized that it was one of our own people who had been in his tent listening to the radio, and the announcement had come, the war in the Pacific was over. This guy just grabbed his BAR and started shooting at the screen. To hear more of our conversations from the StoryCorps mobile tour, go to mpbonline.org. The StoryCorps mobile tour visited Mississippi through a partnership with the Mississippi Humanities Council, the MPB Foundation, and Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Before Scott Pruitt ran the EPA, his political career focused on faith-based issues like abortion. I'm voting to say that an unborn child from the moment of conception should be considered a legal person under the 14th Amendment. And how textbooks describe evolution. There aren't sufficient scientific facts to establish the theory of evolution. Faith, politics, and Scott Pruitt, this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. 
If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. It's been an unpredictable season for allergy sufferers here in Mississippi. The warm again, cold again temperature swings are alternating or altering rather some of the regular blooming patterns of some allergy causing trees and plants. If you're one of those still sniffing and sneezing this spring, Dr. Galen Marshall has some advice. Dr. Marshall is with the University of Mississippi Medical Center and says prevention is the key. The most important principle in treatment for allergy is prevention. Our grandmothers were right. An ounce of prevention in allergies is worth 10 pounds of cure, not just one pound. The gold standard that has been used for chronic allergic rhinitis for years, years being probably 35 years, is intranasal corticosteroids. Um, They were, for a long time, they were prescription. They were very expensive, and people were looking for alternatives to use. And what they would use that was over-the-counter was either nasal saline or a topical decongestant uh, spray. The problem with a topical decongestant spray was always it worked right away. It opened up your nose. You felt great. But in a few days of using it, it took more than two a day to use. Sometimes it took three, and then it took four. And within a week or ten days, you were using it every hour on the hour. That's what's called uh, being, quote, hooked on the sprays. Well, well-intentioned, well-informed individuals come into the office and they say, I don't want to spray because I don't want to get hooked on it. The good news is that the intranasal steroids do not create a dependence at all, a physio- but they work. They do the same thing as most people know about a Decadron shot. They've gotten it at some point in time. They've gone into the doctor and they were absolutely miserable and they were sick as they could be. And the doctor turned them over and gave them a little Decadron shot. 24 hours later, they thought they'd died and gone to heaven. because Best thing I ever had. (laughs) Well, the problem, of course, is that Decadron is a systemic steroid and there are lots of side effects, particularly if you have diabetes, if you're worried about your weight control, there are lots of things. And as uh, we both, we used to say women postmenopausally, but now we know men are involved as well, just a little slower. As we get older, we have problems maintaining bone density and those systemic steroids fight that bone density. So I simply say you save those to use them when you absolutely need them. The intranasal steroids will do the same thing as the Decadron shot, takes a little bit slower and it doesn't last as long, so you have to use it regularly. Therein is the key about prevention as opposed to cure that we were describing. But it, it is a gold standard that has worked in my patients and in me as a patient for the last 35 years, and it works wonderfully. When someone already knows, you know, the spring I have trouble with this stuff. They can go to the drugstore. They can find the generic version. If it's confusing because there's a lot of brands, pharmacists are wonderfully helpful individuals. You go up to them and say, I want an intranasal steroid. They'll show you the one that's on sale. And I'd love to tell you that all these different molecules, that it really makes a difference based upon the brand name. But I would also tell you that all the different gasoline companies say the same thing. But most of us do the same thing. We look to see what gas Mm -hmm. is the cheapest price, and it works in our cars like the expensive one. It would be the same idea. So so the nasal steroid, intranasal steroid, is the number one. One of the things that goes along with that is in the last few years, we've discovered 
that if people who really like the effect of afferent because it helps decongest them, if they're using the intranasal steroid, the risk for them to becoming dependent on the afferent, getting, quote, hooked, unquote, is very, very low, goes down tremendously. So that combination a lot of people use, and it makes the intranasal steroid more effective, and it's very safe to do. About 50% of people don't like to put stuff in their nose. God did not make our nose to have nasal sprays in it. He made it to have air in it. And about 50% of well-intentioned, good people that would otherwise take medicine that's prescribed, they have trouble doing that because it's so difficult for them. And and for those individuals, there are oral meds. And even those that use the nasal steroids in some days are worse than others. They can have nasal symptoms, and they can take an oral medicine with an antihistamine. There are several non-sedating antihistamines on the market that are generic now and are relatively inexpensive. The other uh, category is a drug called a leukotriene inhibitor. It's a fancy word. There's one drug on the market right now that was made and prescribed for asthma originally and was found to work for people with more severe rhinitis as well. The downside is that that's still a prescription drug and it requires a, a visit with a physician or healthcare provider to be able to do that. The, the last part of this that works very well and that I think is an important thing to think about is the idea of controlling, this goes along with it, of controlling your exposure. Well, how do you do that? We talked about not going out real early in the morning unless you do something as simple as take a handkerchief and put it over your face from the house till you get inside the car. Make sure the windows are rolled up and use the air conditioner rather than driving. Because right now it's a pretty enough day that you could drive to work with the windows down and enjoy it. Well, and then you've hammered you won't yourself. Enjoy it. You won't enjoy it by the time you get to work because you've hammered yourself with that. There are some people, and I, I, I actually need to come back to this for a second. There's some people that have particular trouble with their eyes. It's called allergic rhinoconjunctivitis. They love fancy words in medicine. We do. It makes us seem smarter than we are, but we like to do that. But the, the fact is, is that in many cases, that nasal steroid spray used regularly because of the connection to our eyes. Think about the fact that if you cry, your nose runs. Those are called lacrimal ducts, and they're connected. Well, there's a... There's a back connection, so some of that nasal steroid can get back up into the base of that eye and help. But for a lot of people, it doesn't. They have over-the-counter antihistamine drops. Again, the pharmacist can help you with specific products if you want, but they can be very effective. If you know that, you know, in the middle of uh, March, you're going to be miserable, you should start these medicines no later than the middle of February. They're safe. They're effective. They're now cost-effective because of all the generics available, and it'll make all the difference in the world. Thank you for the good advice. Dr. Galen Marshall is an allergist and immunologist at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Dr. Marshall, thank you as always. Karen, it's always a pleasure. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Money Talks. Then at 10 o'clock, it's In Legal Terms. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio.
From the University of Mississippi School of Education, working to prepare the next generation of teachers, counselors, and educational leaders through online graduate degrees and hybrid doctoral programs. Details at education.olemiss.edu. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Join me each Tuesday for Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Each week we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental obstacles to family interaction, from depression to handling life's disruptions, discovering things that make you happy, or how to get around things keeping you from your happiness. I want to hear what's going on in your life. Relatively Speaking, part of the Daily Southern Remedy series, this morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. That might sound like loose change to you, but to us here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, it sounds like support. Now with the program Change by Soft Giving, you can round up your change from everyday purchases and support MPB and the programs you love. With every purchase, you show your support for smart, entertaining, and engaging programs that benefit all Mississippians. Sign up today by visiting mpbonline.org support. 